This episode is brought to you by Kia's first three-row all-electric SUV, the Kia EV9. With available all-wheel drive and seating for up to seven adults. With zero to 60 speed that thrills you one minute. And available lounge seats that unwind you the next. Visit kia.com slash EV9 to learn more. Ask your Kia dealer for availability. No system, no matter how advanced, can compensate for all driver error and or driving conditions. Always drive safely. Here it comes. Here it well, comes. If I can hit the play button. Hold on. We're live. Hi, everybody. We'll be back right after this. The views and opinions expressed by the guests of Sasquatch Experience do not necessarily reflect the opinion of the host, sponsors, or affiliates of the Sasquatch Experience. As always, listener discretion is advised. 911, what are you reporting? Uh, we got someone or something crawling around out here. Does a legend walk among us, lurking in the forests of our world? I can't tell. All I know is that my sensor light came on and I just happened to glimpse and see this thing running across the yard. Uh, a good-sized man or something looks like a man. I don't know what it was. For over 15 years, we've talked with scientists, researchers, investigators, and witnesses trying to gain insight and proof around the existence of this mysterious entity. Jesus Christ, you better... Hello? Get somebody out here. What's going on now, sir? That son of a bitch is about six foot nine, I don't know. You see him now, sir? Yes, I'm looking right at him. Uh oh. Okay, hang on. He's right. Is he in your yard, sir? Yeah, God, he's big. Okay, what's he doing in your yard? He's looking at me. Join us as we continue into the investigation of the Sasquatch Experience. And good evening, everyone. Welcome to the Sasquatch Experience Monday, August 15th, 2022. Mm-hmm. Man, we always get to the best conversations right before we go on air. I know. I was just wondering, what diseases have we got no, from a Sasquatch? <laughs> just, oh, okay, good. That, that wasn't you. what he said. No, it's not. And <laughs> move on. Yes, we're going to move on. And here's James Baker. The perpetrator and instigator of all this back with us this week, right there underneath me, where he usually is, right off to the uh, that side of me. There is Henry May, and in the bottom corner where he belongs, Vance Nesbitt. <laughs> Guys, it's nice to have all three of you back this week. As I, you know, put up four, but I definitely meant three. But mm. if you've watched the first episodes of Small Town Monsters, uh, Sasquatch unearthed the ridge. You'll understand I can't count anyhow when it comes to. Mm-hmm. You know how many Just steps they take to me across the road. <laughs> they Just, make a special watch for that now, Sean. Yeah, he, okay, I, I oh, know. I thought you were I'm doing not... a different motion. Stop <laughs> it. He's going to get kicked off rather quick tonight, here, folks. We've been drinking way before show starts. Ooh. All I ask is for one hour a week, and <laughs> actually, I ask for one hour every two weeks now. And for some of you, that's still a chore, but. Mm. Here we are, nonetheless. Anyhow, tonight we're going to talk about Sasquatch Unearthed, The Ridge, episodes one and two that have made it to uh, made it out to YouTube. Of course, I'm mm-hmm. a small part of these episodes. I don't want to seem like, you know, it's just random we're talking about it because, you know, I come with a lot of the, you know, background and, you know, stuff going into the show. So uh, all I, I know we're going to say baggage. You come with a lot of baggage. Listen, you can't do anything these days without baggage, all right? Inevitably, <laughs> there's always some sort of uh, issue that pops up. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and uh, the only thing we can do is survive and, and try to, you know, get our part in and move on. Uh, you know, I've had a, a decent experience through all this. I, I, even for this show, and maybe I should... I should more than I do. I don't pay attention to comments too often about what people say. 
Mm-hmm. You know, usually you guys tell me uh, about the uh, the band is back together. Absolutely, Brian. Our hey, hey. hey Brian, how are you? Brian, uh, I play guys, the triangle, by the way. That's my part of the band. He does. Plan. And mm-hmm. occasionally the tambourine. Mm-hmm. Occasionally you guys tell me, you know, the feedback that we're getting. <laughs> James and, Baker on <laughs> Yeah, so I think it was more of a... I get ready for him to break some plates here. I think he was back at that wedding we were at a couple weeks ago. Um, anyhow, uh, to give me the feedback. So I have a tendency sometimes to respond a little... Uh, passionately at times to to feedback but i think it's because we put so much into what we do or at least i put so much into what we do mm-hmm. advances commercials but um not reading it when you're on video is something completely different you know i think there's a lot and you know just from speaking with eric altman today it's weird watching yourself on tv and you're a lot more sensitive to the you know nuances and uh you know your appearance and you know, how you come across. And I found myself with a comment somebody posted really having to go back and, uh, you know, rearticulate some of the things I said. Because uh, if you watch the second episode, I come out pretty hard against, you know, combining right, the right. paranormal and the Sasquatch itself. But that should be no surprise if you fucking listen to this show. Right. Or right, if right. you listen to. You know, if you've listened to anything I've said over the last 28 years, Mm -hmm. I'm a flesh and blood person. Mm -hmm. I don't think we get anything by combining all these things together. With that being said, that doesn't mean at the same time we we ignore it and pretend it doesn't exist. There is a difference in that philosophy. Like, I have my belief what it is. At the end of the day, Vance, I could be wrong. No, no, you could be wrong. I want to just kind of go back to something that you just said a moment ago, less than 60 seconds ago. It's because you don't have this overwhelming ego. And I think the egos do have a lot of, in. I don't know, it kind of clouds the whole effect of the thing if you have a big ego going on. And you don't. You never have. You're just speaking what you feel and what maybe a truth is and and let's take a look at that without having that ego being involved in it you're sitting in a room with people asking you questions right you're right Uh, and Mm -hmm. another and i wanted to do this kind of chronologically but i i you know my mind doesn't work that way you guys know this it's issues as they pop up one of the things that came at me today was the concern of episode two because of the excitement that happened in episode two. I'll say this, guys, to the people listening to you three here. I've been in the field with every single one of those people that was on camera in mm-hmm. episode two. I know the quality of researchers they are. I know they're good people. And I think in the excitement that's conveyed in the filming, it came across as if though they were, you know, kind of Eric, I think, used the term Keystone Cops. I didn't take that away from it because I know those people. I've been in the woods with them. It was a moment mm-hmm. of excitement that I think was great as it was captured on camera. Right. Because, you know, if you watch the segment with the lights, you know, there's there's evidence right in front of you of these lights that just, you know, they just disappear. Right, and they're right. non-localized. You know, there's no, right. you can't fixate the point, right? And that's exciting. Now you're also talking to the guy in the same episode that says these things have these lights have nothing to do with Bigfoot, or I don't believe they do. Mm-hmm. But you still have light phenomena, and that right. doesn't yeah. make it any less interesting than if it was mm-hmm. Bigfoot phenomena. Right. And, and, a car, a and of course also, yeah, with the light thing too, was the sensation of which brought up the whole Pardon topic me. of the infrasound with the lights yeah. too. Now, you know, okay, so there's a correlation between those two. The one thing that I'm, I wish they would have elaborated on more, and I didn't give Seth this feedback yet, but I'll give this feedback to him, was the, was the, the, Ike said the Banshee scream. Mm-hmm. That, that how with Ron Murphy and Seth and the You're words right. there, that was incredible. But that happened and, within what, the first three minutes of the second episode. Yeah. 
right? And, but then it became it became under less important yes. because of the light yes. phenomena happening, right? But right. as a Bigfoot researcher, you know the flesh and blood part of me and that sound, mm-hmm. you know, I'm fixated on this sound that happened, right? No, no, I'm I was too. I wanted I wanted a little bit more focus on that. It happened within the first three minutes, and I believe Seth was asking him, you know. Are you uneasy walking through the woods? And he's like, yeah, there's times I'm uneasy walking through the woods. And as soon as he said that, you heard this whoop off in the distance. And it was pretty clear. It was it very like a scream. Clear. Yeah. Well, a scream whoop type of thing off in the distance. And it was pretty clear. And they both shut up instantly. And, yeah. you know, they focused on that for maybe 60 seconds and then from there it just kind of drifted off into other subjects and i'm like can we go back to what we just heard and maybe but hear again, it another though, two dozen times you go into that excitement of the moment right and right. as you know you have these things happening and i think this happens a lot in the field when activity does happen uh all of a sudden you know some really depending on what people decide to focus on you're losing track of some of the other things Mm-hmm. Like too many people are fixated on one thing and not everybody's paying attention to everything. Go ahead, James. Right. Well, see, but the thing is, is today was a perfect example of randomness. We're driving down the road and there's a herd of cow. Yeah, it doesn't happen every day. It's something some people see every day. It's something we, I've never seen 12 cows just hanging out in the road looking at me. You know, mm-hmm. are they going to come towards my truck? Are they going to do whatever? But the fact was, is that me and him were really excitable because we're like, this is the most unique thing that's been thrown at us lately. And it was one mm-hmm. of those, once we geared down from seeing it, we were all like, did you see him? They were so cool. Like that one almost let you get close enough to touch it, you know, and then mm-hmm. we called the police and the police were going after it, but there was a whole thing. But the fact was, is that if you think about it, if you're in the woods with a group and you saw something random that may be amazing or could be as simple as a deer come out of nowhere, reactions are gonna be excitable and things like that and you might not you know like we had our deer incident like you might not jump to oh i need to write notes down and oh i gotta take pictures you're Mm -hmm. just like sucking in the moment going oh my god there's cows on the road you Mm -hmm. know what do you know what i mean and i i say this because i'm sure we've all had that moment where you're driving down the road and you see something interesting and your head, your, your ADHD kicks in right. and your head goes, right. right. you know, I've so seen I James agree. do this with free, with uh free signs. You know, this, this item's for free driving 45 miles an hour. <laughs> and all of a sudden we're at a dead stop. Oh, there's a free sign, you know, but you know what you well, say like, has merit uh, for a really, rain soaked really couch. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, and it goes back to the, you know, we haven't even talked about episode one yet, but episode two that, you know, that and it instantly hits off with some very interesting activity. And because there's all these things that are happening and there's all this excitement going on, uh, it got a little chaotic and, and that right. could happen. But I don't think that at all should put them in a negative light i think it was just hey this is something that really cool that happened uh right and even though you're on the ridge and you should expect strange things to happen i think it's even more special when you're out there with a group uh, that are trying to get some film documentation of it and mm-hmm. you have a moment where it does that's a very different scenario and you know to and and to be quite blunt i'm really tired of these you know neck beard keyboard warriors who you know, have nothing better to do than put people down on the internet. One, get a life. Or two, how about you go out in the fucking woods and try to do some of this? Mm-hmm. Create something. Yeah, mm-hmm. or, or create something. Like, because that's the thing. Like, I, I've seen some people today whose feelings are really hurt by the comments of morons who have no clue uh, as to the dedication and hard work they put in uh, to what happens in the field. I really do. And, and even... You know, I'll go back to episode one where, where Connie Brinker is sharing her, uh, you know, experience. When I went out and investigated, did that, you know, video investigation with. Tom, oh, from the ambulance, correct? Yeah, from the ambulance episode. Right. When right. I went out there, I didn't even know that was her sighting. Mm-hmm. Like, I was just going by the story. There were two ambulance drivers that had a roadside crossing. Right. I right. didn't know it was Connie's. And, and had I known that, I probably. uh I don't know, maybe it would have been a little bit more invested, I guess. Because, Vance, you and I have talked 
mm-hmm. uh, you know, ad nauseum. And even last last time we were on, you kind of spanked me a little bit because I don't think roadside cross sightings are that. And even last right. last time we were right. on, you kind of spanked. We got someone's. Okay, they fixed it. Thanks. Um, I probably would have been a little bit more engaged to you know really try to help get her some answers because she mm-hmm. was really. Uh, you oh, know, of course. For, yeah. And I think she presented herself really well. And I don't think people realize how much time Connie has even put into the field investigating. Mm-hmm. Right. You know, she's Eric Altman's sister, but she spent a lot of time out there in the woods, her and her husband, Chris and their son. They, they, they all do a lot of investigating. Mm-hmm. Uh, so when I think it happens to someone like that, unexpectedly, you know, she was on her job when this happened. Right. You know, even that's a little different. So mm-hmm. people just come down so critically on each other. At the end of the day, this is made for entertainment and information. Relax a little bit. Mm-hmm. Get the stick out of your keister and enjoy yeah. it. And you know what? I've noticed it in other communities, too. It's not just the Bigfoot community. It can be in the political community. It can be in, you know, just the ghost paranormal community. It, it happens everywhere. And, yeah, it just... Calm your tits down, as a great friend of ours would always say. You know, calm it down a little bit and and stop with the criticism so much and just let the person share whatever their experience is and leave it at that because you weren't there. I think even from time to time, we all want to be critical, even about the shows like Expedition Bigfoot, you know, the big productions. But I, I don't know if any more effort goes into them as that mm-hmm. are put together by like Seth and that team that do these shows. Right. right? I mm-hmm. think actually Seth and them have more investment and a better opportunity to tell the truth in a story because they're more personally invested. You know, there's skin mm-hmm. in the game where some of these other shows don't have that. And uh, you know, there are people say, Oh, well your buddy buddies, but you're damn right. I'm friends with Seth. I've been actually, and I've been friends with Seth long before he was making good movies. I mm-hmm. was friends with him when he made Minerva monster. And that's, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. definitely not, not my favorite. And I've said that to him many times. Yeah, but that or was a lady long time that, ago. Uh, I get it. It was. You know. and it was. But I'm just saying, like, you know, it's you don't attach yourself to someone's wagon because the ride's success. I've been doing mm-hmm. this shit for 28 years. And trust me, success or unsuccessful, you know, you got to have your friends back, good or bad, even through the good times and bad times. And I think this one right now, uh, you know, after these episodes, you know, some people are having a little bit of a hard time with it emotionally because it is different when you're on the other side of the camera right and i think a little defense i don't know how many episodes there's only two out so far but Mm -hmm. i think if if my friends out there that are listening from the pa bigfoot society i think you guys did a great job uh i think the excitement of it uh kind of threw it a little bit over the top but i don't think that's a judgment on any of the efforts that they put in and if you go back and know the history of the pa bigfoot society since 2000 the, you know, Eric Altman's led that group to, uh, you know, really be, a, you know, a good to where it is today anyway. You know, well, in the variation is today. But at one point in time, it had over 130 investigators throughout throughout the state researching this mystery. And they were working pretty well together. And shit happens, mm-hmm. you know, over time. It's like any other relationship. They break up and people go their own their own ways and they have their own version of the story. But at the end of the day, this core group of people that were out there, I know them personally, uh, and they do good work, even mm-hmm. if some folks felt that it wasn't a great portrayal. I actually thought it was fine. I had no no quips with it. And, and, no, know, it was a different are, take. Yeah. Yeah. It, it was a different take. Although I will say that episode two ended on a completely unexpected note for everybody. The film crew and the viewer. I think it all ended on a completely different note than they expected because these anomaly lights appeared. And that yeah. is not captured, but very rarely. You know, they're captured more than any Bigfoot footage that I'm aware of, but at least they were captured. And it's what the H is going on here and try to chase it down and, and figure out what was going on. And and that kind of brought me into the whole thing too of, well, is there a correlation? And I know you, you've certainly expressed your opinion. Is there a correlation between these anomaly lights that move around and, and, and disappear in a blink 
and they're multicolor. Uh I mean, in that episode, they talked about blue, red, yellow, and white. Well, you know, those are your four primary colors, and yet here they are appearing out in the woods. I want to make one more point to this because, Mm -hmm. you know, again, I'm taking some slack for being really anti paranormal, and I don't, and it's confusing, and I feel like I'm a little bipolar about it. It's not that I reject the concept and the notions that this stuff happens. Mm -hmm. I just don't believe at this point that they're related because, and I'll use it to the point I made in the comments because I see lights, lights happen and I have Mm -hmm. Bigfoot activity happen. Doesn't mean the light activity happens because of the Bigfoot. Right. 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 right? And that's the only point I'm trying to make out of all this. There are people that like to layer this shit on top of each other and make a pie out of it and sell that pie mm-hmm. or that book or whatever. No, no, I, I, I agree story. with what you're saying. And I'm not saying there's anything inherently wrong with that either, but for those of us that are trying to prove that this fucking thing exists, you know, it makes it a little harder for that to be taken with some scientific credence. But you've also heard me say it's also unscientific to throw everything out. Right. But at the yeah. same time, I don't get to dictate the dogma of science. You know, well, I, I brought up. That. Well, I was going to say, I, John Green. John Green said he didn't feel comfortable. He didn't feel there was anything attractive about about combining one mystery with another. It's hard so, to prove. That's the problem. It is. I think right. in the spirit of what John Green is saying, and he's not the only one that has said it over the years. As you compound this, you compound it so much that you start adding things to these stories that people are just going to find so fantastical. They're not going to believe it to begin with. Right. Right. Or easier to disprove. Yeah. And it doesn't mean you throw it all out, but at the same time, like notate everything. I don't care if Bob farted and it produced a bad smell, notate everything (laughs) in the time it happened. So that as you're going through and you take the emotion out of what you just experienced and you can Mm -hmm. reflect on it later, you may have a moment of clarity and, you know, then you can go back and think and say, well, let me call, let me call James, James, you know, we were out there last night and this happened and this happened. And now, you know, I'm not so sure this happened together. What's your take? Right. And then Jim gives me his opinion. And I'm going to call you Vance because Vance, you were there. Right. And guys, let's, let's, Let's talk about the one thing that Bake likes to get a lot of mileage out of the vaporizing deer in West Virginia. (laughs) All right. Yeah. You know, I I brought up a while ago. I I don't want, I'm sorry. I didn't mean to step on your toes, Sean. You know, I brought up a while ago. I believe it was on this show. Um, Let's just take, for example, that a Sasquatch as an intelligent creature and let's just say that this exists and it's an intelligent creature. But what if it has the intelligence of, let's say, a 12-year-old? Kind of smart, knows its surroundings, and it sees a glowing orb. Would it not be attracted to that like when we were 12 years old to chase fireflies and run through the woods and chase it? And then you see an orb, and then the next thing you know, you see a Sasquatch. It might not be one is related to the other. It may just draw the curiosity, and all of a sudden, now you've got Bigfoot that's just as curious about this orb thing, whatever it is. You know, I had a couple of theories, but I think those have gotten blown out of the water, and I'm just going to leave it at that because now I don't know what these orbs are. But it may draw in a curiosity to another creature that's in the woods, just like it's drawing our curiosity to it. And and, I have, and in episode two, at the very end of episode two, they saw the light at the end of the road. And what did everybody do immediately? They started running down the path to chase it. That was their first instinct was to go after it and see what it is. You gotta well, why wouldn't origin, a bipedal right? creature do the same thing? I don't think that thought's incorrect. Mm-hmm. You know, I've experienced light phenomena in the earlier in the episode i talk about the story i'm with rick cherby and his fiance right we're out in the woods and she sees this stuff in the in the trees takes a picture mm-hmm. gets it on video right there's video of the light we saw right but that doesn't mean it's bigfoot related it means that no, there's no. a pretty freaking weird light phenomena right. going on in the woods which is a phenomena that's not conducive to the chestnut ridge but it happens there a lot 
-hmm. What if there's something naturally occurring that causes these exactly. balls of light, right? And exactly. they happen to be taken. Like, there's nothing wrong with exploring that. Right. Now, if you tell me that you have seen a Bigfoot creature walking around with one of these orbs in their hands, well, now it gets a little bit more compounded, right? Mm -hmm. And guess what? Those stories have happened. Yes, but I've also had fireflies in my hands, too, as a kid. You know, you right? capture them and you hold on to Maybe they're completely mundane and harmless. We don't but then know. You, but you have stories of portals opening up and things and exiting yeah, and entering true. portals. No, no. And I, I it agree. gets really hard to quantify that because what equipment do we have? Mm -hmm. What field equipment do we have in our arsenal that can give any proof to that? Any validity Zero. to that? Is there any <laughs> kind of detector we could take out in the woods to find some right. anomalous you know, some sort of energy, residual energy left. What do we have? And if that's mm -hmm. out there and somebody knows what it is, please let us know. We'll start putting right. that in there. We found how to use FLIR pretty quickly. I'm mm -hmm. sure we'd figure out how to use this. Right. No, well, if, that's, that's all I'm asking. Thing. And I appeal to people to use a little bit more critical thinking and less emotional reaction to things. Mm -hmm. That's it. And if that makes me a prick, so be it. I guess I'm a prick. I just want you to... I, it's hard for me to take this as a story and as a as if I was making this a case in the to take it and to present it to somebody. <laughs> God bless you. And uh wow. have that <laughs> and have that like not be laughed at in some way, shape, or form. Right, right. Like I think you could make a case for you could make a case for some of these things individually. When you start putting them together, it gets really hard. Mm-hmm. And and that, I guess, in a non, very non-articulated way, I kind of flubbed up how I was presenting that uh, in the episode a little bit. That's all. Like I, and again, I couldn't even remember the question I was asked at the time when I answered it. So it, <laughs> when you answered that, all right. Yeah. I mean, it, it, again, it like when I did my talking head interview, the investigation mm -hmm. that happened on the ridge didn't even happen yet. Right. Right. So none of my oh, comments that's true. I was right. making. None of the comments I were making in that interview were related to what you're seeing that, on the screen. Because right. in real life, that hadn't happened yet. Mm -hmm. You've got a CNN edit. No, I actually, to be honest with you, I would edit it the same way. It was brilliantly done. You just have subject matter, and you have questions that are being asked, and they just kind of overlap a little bit. But I could tell you, in the 20 years I've known Eric Altman, Eric's always been pretty guarded about what he says is, uh, you know, Mm -hmm. is Bigfoot related or not. Yeah, he right, has a little right. tendency right now to be a little bit more paranormal leaning, but a mm -hmm. lot of what he's been researching lately tends to go that way. Right, right. I haven't Agreed. been with him and all that. So for me, I'm still kind of, maybe I'm stuck a little bit backwards, but until I catch up, I'm comfortable with where I'm yeah, at. Yeah, but that's a healthy thing too, is to have that other perspective. You have right. to have that other perspective. Because I don't think the, th the four of us sitting here have the same exact beliefs onto mm. what Sasquatch is, or no. if it's got a paranormal connection. Right. right. And that's okay. But at the end of the night, we're not wanting to beat each other up like half-assed WWE superstars, and <laughs> you know, because we don't uh, like what people say. Or do we go trashing each other on the internet about it? No, but you know what? I, I need to give a shout-out to Tom and to Carrie Fargiorgio and to Brian Corbin for joining us tonight, because this is... Mm -hmm. Pretty cool. Thanks, guys, for being here. Greatly appreciate it. We got to take our and we all miss you. We miss <laughs> hanging out with you. Heel turn. You're right. It's a night for a heel <laughs> turn. Wow. He's been drinking Baker's a lot. somewhere else right now. It's all okay. right, we're gonna take He's a break. A when we come show. back. We'll talk a little bit more about this, and we love you too. Yeah, our friends of our Georgia. Great. Spent a lot of time with them lately. We'll be back after this. Stay close to the news because Vance has a little something special for you going into it. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. 
Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to Chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Yeah. It's always special when fans gives it to no. Please release me. Let me go. Yes, you probably won't want to let go of Cloud Paper's super softness, but at some point you will. Strong enough to prevent a finger from breaking through the mud trench, this is the finest in toilet paper and paper towels. Cloud Paper ships right to your front door in earth-friendly packaging. And right now, our listeners can get 15% off your order just in time for back to school. Just use promo code BTS15, as in back to school, 15% off. Just visit cloudpaper.co and enter promo code BTS15. There's a show on TV called Finding Bigfoot. It's been on for nine years. They've never found one Bigfoot. (laughs) I want that kind of job security. If I told 50 jokes and five were funny, I would get booed off stage. But if you find no Bigfoot over the course of nine years, they give you a season 10. (laughs) Ah, yes. Let the comedy continue. This is the Sasquatch Experience, Stranger Than Fiction News and Stories. Let's get right into it. Police field a report of a Bigfoot sighting in Shelby Township, Michigan. Shelby Township Police received an unusual call on a Friday night in July from a resident reporting she had captured an image on her home surveillance camera that resembled Bigfoot. According to the McCobb County Scanner Facebook page, officers searched the area but did not find a Sasquatch or anything resembling the fabled large, hairy, ape-like creature. Shelby Township Police could not offer details on the search or the report Saturday because, according to a dispatcher, all the officers that were working with the Bigfoot sighting that occurred were done with their shift at the time. Hmm. Interesting. The Bigfoot Field Research Organization's report, there have been no previous sightings in McCobb County, but there have been more than 225 throughout Michigan. Many in the West Branch, which is known as the Bigfoot capital of Michigan. The Michigan Bigfoot Conference that was back in July 30th at the Village Conference Center in Chelsea sparked rumors that the crew from Expedition Bigfoot are filming in Macomb County, but they are unsubstantiated. Being that I'm from Chicago, I know it's not pronounced Macomb, it's Macomb. I get that. However, the story continues. So now the possible Bigfoot sighting in Shelby Township is now being downplayed by police and described as a suspicious incident and a shadow or silhouette captured on a resident's surveillance camera. A release from the Shelby Township Police did confirm that officers searched the area, but after a thorough investigation, there was no Bigfoot sighting in Shelby Township. Michigan Bigfoot researchers Gabe Hess of Southeast Michigan Bigfoot Research Organization and Josh Parsons, who produces the Hide and Seek Archives Bigfoot podcast, 
say that kind of a response from law enforcement or government officials is not uncommon. In particular, reported urban Bigfoot sightings tend to make some people uncomfortable. A lot of times, police want to keep Bigfoot reports quiet, said Parsons. Part of it may be because they don't want to alarm people. Hess noted that the well-known Sasquatch sighting in Monroe back in 1965 was downplayed by local officials. The police went as far as taking a caveman statue from the prehistoric forest in Irish Hills and placing it in a field near the reported encounter as a cover-up, said Hess. Hess, who specializes in urban Bigfoot sightings, says there have been sightings in every Michigan county, including Macomb. According to Hess, there have been four in Macomb County, six in Oakland County, seven in St. Clair County, and four in Lapeer County. So, send us your thoughts on what you think is going on in Michigan. So thanks again for listening to this edition of the Sasquatch Experience, Stranger Than Fiction News and Stories. And now we return to our regularly scheduled program. Thanks, Vance. And there it is. That was special. Thank you. Sasquatch Experience, folks. Sasquatchexperience.com. Sasquatch Experience on Facebook and Instagram. And Squatch EXP. On Twitter. That's how you can connect with us. We're socially active here at the Sasquatch Experience. And for as little as gentlemen, two, two dollars a month, you too can become a Patreon and get ad free shows as Henry's throwing gang signs, trying not to get us you know, whacked out there. But feel time. free to throw 20, 50, 100. That's okay too. I love 20. Yeah, we'll, we'll take it all. We'll take it all. Mm-hmm. And, you know, mm-hmm. if you have a Sasquatch sighting of your own, info at sasquatchexperience.com. We'll get that to mm-hmm. us. Because, you know, honestly, after Tennessee, we, we really do, did enjoy doing an episode where we talked about listener encounters and listener sightings. And, Bake, mm-hmm. when you were in Tennessee, people were just lining up to tell, them, tell us about them. Mm-hmm. Oh, my God. Yeah. And the thing was, is like they were. The average person just walked up and, you know, you wouldn't believe what I saw. And then their son would talk about it and a variety of things. And the thing was, is that it was nice that they had a natural environment that nobody was like, it wasn't like you have the conversation around the family or you have the conversation, mm-hmm. whatever. There were people who were like, I semi believe in something. Maybe my beliefs are different than your beliefs, but tell me your story. And we, and Forker, like, yeah. I, I, I'm not going to say, you know. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna. You know, make him get a big head or anything. But Forker, when he talks to people, it's like majestic, because mm-hmm. he'll be like, "Oh my God, that sounds so great!" And then he'll say things that'll like bring out a little bit more of the story. And even the person with the person that's heard the story fifty times, right? Like we talk about the deer story. They'll bring out a little fact that makes complete sense that they didn't think of because Sean brought up a, a counterpoint. You know, no one's offended. No one's, no one's like, like, oh my God, I'm afraid to tell you that it was near my porch because then you're gonna like think I'm crazy. Everybody was just kind of really open to yeah. it, you know. And hey, this is what you know. And that was the nice thing was is that I was like, look, we have a podcast. Why don't you check us out? Mm-hmm. Give us more, you know, give us more of these stories. And if you'd like to, um, and your stories something that other people might want to hear that we can't convey properly, let us make you a guest. You know, mm-hmm. yeah, absolutely. Thanks, James. That was very kind of you to say. But we enjoyed it, and uh, I, I think my favorite story that we took away from there that I want to get this. Damn it! I hit my face in the microphone again. Is I want to get that lady who had the encounters on her property. Right. Know, I think she was the most truest, genuine person that uh, you know I've talked to in some time that had some real significant significant encounters going on and charlie mm-hmm. raymond investigated the property so we should probably try to get charlie raymond on the program too to talk to him mm-hmm. i just about, finished yeah, charlie's we, book i just yeah. finished charlie's book it's a good one yeah what's the title bluegrass, of it, henry bluegrass bigfoot bluegrass bigfoot go out and pick up your copy today nice we'll endorse it so nice since we're talking about tennessee um uh-huh. i'm sorry if i sidetrack us a little bit but because of all this flooding, Henry, you're down in that area with the flooding and things like that. Are there getting to be more sightings because things are moving around or um, anything interesting? 
I haven't heard anything. It's yeah. not flooding where I am, where I'm at, thankfully. So, mm-hmm. so I know, I know in Tennessee and Kentucky, Kentucky has really gotten hit hard. Right. Yeah. Yeah. yeah it might take we, a uh, couple of months for it to come to surface, and, and no pun intended, absolutely. but it might take a couple months for it to come to surface before some stories come about from it. That's possible. yeah. Generally, it takes some time after these events to happen for people to report it, or people that were right. going to provide some kind of emergency service. Right. That may have had some sort of a counter or fleeing the area, but you know we were going to do a whole episode once upon a time on severe weather Sasquatch sightings. Mm-hmm. And I still think yep. we should do that. No, we will because uh, there's some uh, interesting tidbits I like to see. They're like other animals, do they presense the, or if it is an animal, do they mm-hmm. have a presense of uh, you know what's coming and are able to you know get Impending a heads up doom. on doom? Right. Impending right, right. doom. Right. Yeah. No, we'll have a guest coming mm-hmm. up on the show, too. Uh, and again, I'm stepping on everybody's toes because that's what I'm best at. Uh, we will have a guest coming up on the show. His name is Ron, and he had two experiences uh, in his life, and I will only leave it at that, that he'll share those experiences, but they're really interesting, and they happen in not such a hot spot for Sasquatch, but then it turns out Lauren Coleman did a lot of investigation in the area, and sure as it is, the yeah. area in which Lauren Coleman investigated, that's where Ron had his encounter or experience at. So he'll be coming up on the show probably within the next month or so, so we can all look forward to that too because he's excited cool. to share his experience. That yeah. and um, yeah. he had an experience in Estes Park in Colorado. So, yeah, we'll share that stories, too. You know, you make, uh, you know, some good points about talking to these folks, having sightings in places that aren't hot spots. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and in Pennsylvania, we spend a lot of time on the ridge and we'll redirect us back to that area. Right. Right. But I was talking to Seth today about areas of Pennsylvania that, you know, my is my area a hot spot. And I think Bake and I would firmly say, well, probably not a hot spot, but it's probably not a hot spot because people up here don't talk about it a lot. Mm-hmm. You know, you really have to go out and gear. It's a very conservative part of the state where people mm-hmm. don't share that kind of uh, information without an impetus or a reason to do so. Right. Uh, it doesn't mean we're not going to explore it. And we've had some interesting things happen out in this, these areas. And I'm sure we'll get out there and investigate. But as you go down towards, you know, that Chestnut Ridge area, mm-hmm. Bigfoot sightings happen in abundance. A lot of strange things happen in abundance. I, I speak about Bigfoot because that's what I do. Right. Um, you know, all year long, these re- these sightings happen. They just don't dry up one day. You know, they happen right. year round. PA Bigfoot Society members and uh, unaffiliated researchers now spend a lot of time down in those woods. And, uh, you know, it's just to me and in, in what I've read in these reports, a lot of what we talk about points to a, an animal. Right. 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 It points to a flesh and blood creature. Uh, now there, you know, you go back to the seventies, some really strange shit was going on. Yep. And all you have to do is speak with Stan Gordon about all of that. Cause yeah. you know, Stan's he's the lint catch of all of that. He and he's collected all that information. And if you ever need to know anything that happened in that area, Stan Gordon is the source to go to. Just talk to Stan Gordon this weekend about some activities happening in PA. Mm-hmm. He and I, uh, Emailed back and forth for about an hour, hour and a half on Sunday mm-hmm. about uh, some things happening, just catching up a little bit. And, All right. uh, you know, the activity still hasn't died down in the ridge, but it's also picking up in other areas of Pennsylvania where historically it really hasn't been that way. Right. Uh, right. So it's very interesting to get into those areas and see. But the one thing that I don't think any of us can deny, even myself, is that this light phenomena is becoming more and more associated Prevalent, yes. Right. Yeah, and like, and not saying they are hand in hand, but we mm-hmm. really got to start getting into the ground and, and collecting as much data as we can about this. Weather right. conditions, like all kinds of, yeah. take every bit of evidence we can get, the color of the grass for crying out loud. Right, right. And, and see what that turns up. And maybe there's a correlation in all these areas where this light phenomena is happening uh, you know, is it a, it, here's a, here's a thought for you. Is it a light phenomena we're creating ourselves? 
Well, that's, you know, that's interesting. You know, this brings me back to uh, a story. I interviewed Linda Gottfried uh, mm -hmm. a couple of years back, and sure. she went into detail about the light phenomena herself and what she had an encounter with. And she was with two other people. She was in the backseat of the car, and they were actually doing research on the dogman in the Bray Road area in Elkhorn, Wisconsin. And... um I, I forget the gentleman's name, uh, Lee Hayward, whatever, but he was one of the farm owners up there. And they were in the car together, and they saw a light off in the field. And so they stopped the car, and the light was slowly approaching. She approximated it about the size of a basketball, which I find interesting because a lot of people that have these light phenomena will refer to it as about the size of a baseball to the size of a basketball. And this light kept approaching their vehicle. They stopped on the side of the road at one of his um, uh, fields in Elkhorn, Wisconsin. And he had grabbed his mag light torch, flashlight, whatever you want to call it. And it's a pretty high, you know, mm -hmm. high lumen flashlight. And he flashed it at the thing. And it kind of just dissipated into nothing. But he immediately was nauseated to the point where he couldn't even drive the car. He, he was so overtaken by nausea. And I've heard this case before, too, along with, like, the infrasound thing, where that nausea just overwashes you totally, where you just can't do anything but just want to sit down and try to recoup yourself. And here she was. I think Linda Godfrey is an amazing... Uh, unadulterated, non-BS storyteller of what's going on because she's just trying to figure out what's going on. But this completely took her uh, on her heels. She had no idea what this light phenomena was. Now, again, is it related to something that is bipedal creature? Who's to say? You know, but she did capture a lot of uh, photographs from the area where they had camera traps set up where they put a deer carcass in the field, or, or Lee Hempel is his name, I'm sorry. Lee Hempel's his name. They put a deer carcass in his field. He had a hay field uh, for animal feed. And you see in the photos, it's just a mist. And they went over there to look, and the carcass is gone. There was no capture of any animal that removed the carcass that they put there, but they found these footprints that walked off to the road, and of course, once it made it to the road, you can't pick up footprints anymore. You know, okay, that kind of throws you right into the whole paranormal aspect. Do I want to go there? Yeah, it's kind of exciting and all, but is there maybe a flesh and blood thing here that it just was below the grass line and was undetectable to a camera and dragged the carcass off? Who's to say? Maybe it was a smaller animal or, or a coyote that was able to stay below the camera's view and try but what created the mist of i don't know i just throw my arms up in the air but the whole light phenomenon or the orbs whatever you want to consider them i've seen them here i've seen the orbs here and i'm telling you it it captures your attention and you cannot draw your eye away to even pick up a, a camera to take a picture of it and i had my phone so, with me at the time an interesting question i have for you can infrasound affect the visual spectrum? Can infrasound well, cause you to see right? lights? Well, well I just found an article here that I just started reading, and I haven't mm -hmm. gotten that far through it yet. But, uh, you know, some people develop nausea, some people don't, right? Mm -hmm. Is it a stimuli-specific reaction that an individual has, or maybe just a certain group of people have? that would be the reaction to a physical being that has the ability to communicate and resonate with different frequency. Mm -hmm. Doesn't have to make it paranormal, right. makes right. it particularly normal and very scientific based. Right. Exactly. But if it affects the visual, if it affects your visual perception, that could mm -hmm. be a source of the light phenomena that you're having. And that's just a question right. I have. I don't have an answer to it, but it's something to think about. No, it is something to think about. The The only drawback I have to that is distance because you see, in even in the last episode that we talked about, you see a light off in the distance. 
but yet as you draw closer to it or it draws closer to you, it gets larger. Well, yeah. if infrasound has something to do with that, then in affecting your, your visual, you would think that infrasound would have it at a fixed structure. You would think. I, again, I could be wrong. But if that so, thing is getting is closer to we don't you, know. we don't know. But it's very interesting questions to ask, right? Mm -hmm. First, what? we you know can't even really you know prove that this thing exists beyond a shadow of a doubt. But let's start right. asking questions that you know could have a general relationship as to why we can't prove it exists. But if you go, go ahead, with babe. your theory of the sound affects different people, which would make sense because say I'm I'm my hearing is worse than all of yours. So maybe what? I don't hear it, or maybe it's a tone that I'm not. Now, mm -hmm. I now as you get closer to what's creating the tone, then the light may be bigger because the effect is bigger. Mm -hmm. you know? No, that's true. And, and look, you know, the military has designed uh, uh, infrasound weapons. And this is, it's a known thing. It's not just hyperbole and you know, it's all, you know. No, we know, we know infrasound. They have it. But yeah. the problem is the users of it are being affected by it also. It's a matter to get the user not to be affected by it. And, right. and that's the big challenge and the hurdle to get over. But infrasound does exist. We know it exists with big cats. They use it. Um, mm -hmm. Whether it's intentional or not, I think that you know they're in a predatory growl and it just kind of stuns their prey. I don't know if it's a honed skill. Maybe it is. I, I, I don't know. And I don't think science really knows if it's a honed skill or not. But I know the military uses it uh, or is at least working with it for. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. You know, it's a weapon. It, it is a weapon. And, you know, the majority of people that are affected by it get affected by nausea. Well, if you're being affected because it's affecting the entire body, it could be affecting the optic nerves, too. I don't know. You know, that's, that's a fair good. play. Sure. Just something to think about, right? Mm -hmm. As we go deeper and deeper into mm -hmm. this. <laughs> You know, which getting hey, away from the Sasquatch. Yeah, I know. It's reflective of the episode as we talked about, right? We, you know, at the end of that episode, chasing the light, and, mm -hmm. you know, you get there and it just blinks out. Right. It's gone. But, you know, and, and then again, I go back to the whole thought of, you know, all these encounters that we've heard over the years of this, you know, eight to 10 foot tall, barrel chested, massive creature. Well, if you're that massive, you might be able to bellow an old, you know, an infrasound enough to be able to affect something around you. Yeah, because we clearly have all talked about lung capacity when these things scream. We've all heard audio that's unidentified creatures uh, of this just immense scream. I think some, you know, what, 20, 25 episodes back, Baker, you brought up the fact that it sounded like a whale. 
you know, bellow in. Well, the train's late tonight, but you know, at the least it came through. Is late. <laughs> and maybe That's there's a, a squatch train. outside your window. You might want to look. But, okay, know. so the train's a perfect example. You guys hear that all the time. Mm -hmm. I barely ever hear it because I live near it. Right. You know, so, I mean, certain right. sounds don't affect people different ways because you get used to it. Maybe there's people who live in these areas that, like, oh, I hear that all the time, so part of your brain turns it off. Well, yeah, you know, that's, that's a good point. Yeah. It's when I was going up the ridge, one of my first trips up there in 05 with Dave Dragason and his wife, Cindy, I had mm. uh, uh, fallen into a puddle of my own volition and half my ass, my body was soaked. And I was riding up the ridge with my ass <laughs> hanging out the side of the Jeep trying to dry off. Uh -huh. And uh, we saw these folks and these folks kind of flag us down. They're like, oh, what y'all doing out here tonight? And we tell them, you know, we're out you know what we're doing and i'll never forget the look on dave's face when the, the folks are like oh yeah we hear these things all the time out here mm -hmm. you know like it, it's mm -hmm. it's second nature to these folks that they exist yeah. you know like it's no question to them that it exists Man. because but they hear these sounds so used so often they're used to the existence of it right right like it's not even a question of debate for them like it's there they hear it well they hear these things whether right. they've seen it or not, it's another story. But like, I'll never just forget the look on Dave and I's face. Like, this is why we come out here, you know, because of stuff like this. No, you know, and so true. often. So you it, know, and it brings up a good point. Going back to the second episode in which we've started this whole show on, uh, towards the show, there was a debate amongst everybody out there, including Altman, that said, "Nope, that's a coyote." Well, maybe it's not a coyote. Nah, it doesn't sound like a coyote, but maybe it is no. a coyote. You know, there was this, there was this, there was an infield debate going on as to what it is that they're listening to. And yet, I don't know if any of them came up with a definitive answer to say, yeah, no, it's definitely a coyote. It's oh, it's very that. healthy, incredibly healthy. And that's not unusual mm -hmm. for that group to have those discussions out, right. you know, in the middle. We've had that many times with us out there where we've stopped mm -hmm. what we were doing to talk about what we've just witnessed. And, uh, you know, and again, I think that lends more validity to the actual quality of research they do. Mm -hmm. You know, at the end of the day and all this, we have two good episodes mm -hmm. so far. I'm happy with them both. I think, uh, you know, sensitivity to how people are portrayed happens. I think it's a normal reaction. Uh, I don't think that members came across uh you know unprofessional at all i think the excitement kind of got everybody caught up in and what oh, was yeah. going on no, it no. was exciting yeah. right i just right. wanted to advocate for them because they know the quality of researchers and the quality of people they are and at the same mm -hmm. time also you know thanks seth and the team for putting together a you know a decent presentation for uh you know what's happening i i think if anything even in the little bit of discord going on shows that this is a discord that happens a lot on the mm -hmm. ridge with many different factions of people, including myself that have these preconceived notions of what they believe this phenomena to be. And none of us have any proof to prove either. Right. Or. right. Just a passion and a fervor and a dedication to keep going out there and, and doing it. And I've said many times, I'm a special guest on the ridge. I don't get out there as much as some of those other people do. That's a, three and a half, four hour drive from my house to go investigate the chestnut Ridge. It's not a day trip for me. Mm -hmm. You know, it's, uh, you know, it takes a lot of thought and preparation to go there. Uh, but I've enjoyed the time I've spent out there. I've spent a lot of time out there, not mm -hmm. as much as my contemporaries that are shown, um, in the video. And there is a, probably an episode coming up where I actually go out and do an investigation too. And I'm a lot different than everybody else. I'm not a gearhead. I told you that many times. All right. I would love and, to and I'm not either. Yeah. I, I think just going out there as just the novice and, and just be out there and just do your own thing and see what yeah. may come in to be curious instead of going out there and, and banging an axe handle against a tree and doing whoops. I don't know. Maybe just be yourself out there, set a fire up, have some dinner and just listen as to what's going on. You know, have a quiet conversation with a partner because I don't think I would want to do it by myself. I'd want somebody else out there to have my back and and have, you know, 
<laughs> fully armed weapons. <laughs> well, you know, nonetheless, and, and Henry, you know, Henry, you can attest to this. A lot of times the activity that we see and point out happens when folks are just out there doing normal everyday things. Mm-hmm. That's true. In fact, we, we often true. find big, Bigfoot expeditions are rather fruitless. It yeah. happens when people are out doing their regular family vacationing or hiking. Right. 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 And you get a roadside crossing and that's it for me. Okay. That was good enough. <laughs> I like the roadside crossing. Wow. Sign me up. Henry, any thoughts for you, buddy? Well, the Chestnut Ridge has always had a strange phenomenon. It would seem and, it seems like it's always going to have strange phenomena. As far as the lights are concerned, they may not be connected to Sasquatch, but it seems like people looking for Sasquatch encounter them quite a bit mm -hmm. for some reason or another. Mm -hmm. We don't know why. Right. right. But they do. Right. Bake any cornbread. Uh, Cornbread, <laughs> moonshine infused thoughts. <laughs> oh, so most of them are not a family show. Um, I, until, like, we had the conversation today about you know deer and different animals, and until one is found, I have to assess them on two fences: either it doesn't exist or it's smart. Because if you look at the world, if let's say an area has a thousand deer and 500 of them are bucks, every year they shed antlers. You find antlers. If there's Sasquatch in an area of, let's say, so many thousand miles, if it's not smart, you'd find bones. Mm -hmm. You know, there has to be a core intelligence that says, hey, we don't want to bother the humans or we don't want them to know what's going on. Or you would see them like when you drive by and you see deer on the side of the road. Mm -hmm. You know, so if it's if if there's no core intelligence somewhere, it doesn't exist because an animal, you pick any animal. I mean, I'm not a bio, you know, a zoologist or anything like that. I mean, you can ask some of the greats and they'll tell you their stories and all that. But at the end of the day is like, whatever animal from whatever area you live in, if it lives there in abundance, you find bones. Mm -hmm. Unless it's intelligent enough, you know, unless it's intelligent enough to bury those bones or hide those bones or something with those bones, mm -hmm. you know? So at the end of the day, there has to be a key intelligence or non-existence. I don't, that's been my play from day one. Sure. Well said, Big. Vance, any final thoughts from you before we wrap it? Well, final thoughts. Well, you know, I find the whole Chestnut Ridge thing just absolutely fascinating. What is it about the chestnut that just is so continuous? And, and that's what I look at geographically. I'm looking at the Chestnut Ridge area geographically as to what is it about that area that seems to draw in so many things, but there are a lot of other areas throughout the country that have these, and I, I will say hotspot loosely, but there are hotspots around the country, and I'm trying to figure out what the correlation is with all of them. But the Chestnut Ridge, you know, look, ever since what the 1960s, when it became into focus. And and you had the Kettsburg and, and and just everything else that happened up on the ridge area. There's there's has to be maybe a key hidden somewhere as to why it's happening in that area as much as it is. And and again, that's part of the mystery. I love the mystery. I'm not sure I want the mystery solved because I like the mystery. Now, yeah. there's questions I want answered, but as far as the overall mystery, sometimes the mystery is a little bit more fun. That's my yeah. final thought. I agree with that. Well, folks, you've already had a whole hour of my thoughts, and I'm kind Ew. of tuckered out, to be honest with you. I'm, <laughs> you know, you get wore out with this stuff. 
It's been an yeah, emotional, tumultuous day with uh, yeah. talking to everybody involved and reacting. And, you know, I guess the mm-hmm. important part is, you know, and I'll, I'll close it out with this, and I've said it many times, notate everything. Pay attention to everything. Mm-hmm. But when you're really starting to put together the puzzle, take the emotion out of it and start looking at it logically and take a partner and a friend. And then when we can start getting at this from a little bit of a science base, we can start unlocking the answers, but it's okay to feel there's a little fantastical element to all this, because at the end of the day, guys, it really is. Mm-hmm. We're looking for a, you know, things that are just incredible and mind boggling. And one day maybe we'll have the answers. Henry hit us with those final words. Y'all be good or be good at it. Thanks for listening, folks. We'll see you in two weeks. You've been listening to Sasquatch Experience. Please rate and review wherever this podcast is consumed. To share your experience, visit us on Facebook or email us squatchexperience at gmail.com. Keep on squatching. Keep on squatching. Hold on. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.